right. I start this thing off, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Humans and Delights, Yerks, Hork, Bajir, and Taxons, if you managed to find some earbuds, welcome to the Wonder Yerks. For all your Animorphs, rereading and eventually rewatching needs. I'm Sarah. Beautiful. I'm Blair. I'm Seda. <laughs> we had all this energy stored. We, we've just been like slowly building. Like, it, it's the it's the Mario, it's the Super Mario 64, like running backwards in place for for 13 hours thing. Except we've been doing it for six months. I'm gonna, tr- I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, tr- I'm gonna triple jump. <laughs> <laughs> that that's the thing you can do in Mario. Say that nice. I've been playing Super Mario Odyssey. It's good. Oh, nice. I play it on the baby mode that babies can do, and I like it. <laughs> Mario's hard. <laughs> it's nice. I like the. It's the one where if if I die enough times at a certain point, a guy just comes and goes, "Hey, do you want to do that with double the lives normally?" And I go, "Yep, thank you." <laughs> yes, I do. I'm having trouble, and they're like, "We know. How about you don't die as much, or you, or rather, how how about you die more, but you don't die for real?" And I say, "Thank you. And that might that will help probably." <laughs> I love that for you so much. Thanks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to do a video game. It is. It's been a long time since we uh, podcasted. It's hard to do a podcast. <laughs> it is also it hard is. to do those. Yeah. Uh, when uh, whenever, when the world in, kind of entirely collapses uh, in the short aftermath of doing the, like, in addition to everything that's happened globally, like some bad, th- some bad personal things happened in the, it, it, like shortly after we recorded our last episode. Right. It's, so it is interesting because it was like, there's some things fall to the wayside when things get very stressful. And I was like, yeah. Animorphs can wait. <laughs> <laughs> I looked in my soul and I was like, "Animorphs could wait." We're, we're building. We were building anticipation. Right. Well, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm really glad because I really felt like I was carrying a lot of that, like of the hiatus, because uh, I'm a control freak and I'm the only. I won't let anybody else edit the episodes unless something really bad happens, and I have to. Um, and mm-hmm. I guess something really bad did happen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but not only to me. So I was like, I'm gonna do it. And then about, you know, three months after we recorded that episode, I was like, oh, yeah, I should do that, huh? And then about four months after, I was like, haha, guys, remember how I haven't edited that episode yet? And then five months later, I was like, I'm going to, it's, I'm going to do it. Yeah. It's going to do it. It's going to happen sometime. (laughs) And then finally, one day, I just sort of had a passion. Yeah, yeah. Last, like, last week you posted a picture to the Discord server of you giving the middle finger to your audition program running the edit. Yeah, I'd forgotten that. So first of all, I had completely forgotten what book we were talking about. But I also forgot that I was very sick when we were recording that. <laughs> oh, I forgot that. Well, and which and I don't I, I mean, I, I, I certainly didn't pick up on all of them, but I like to go through and take out as many, you know, sniffles and coughs as I possibly can. And so it was like. This reintroduction to editing a podcast, which is something I haven't done in quite a while, being mm-hmm. like, fuck me, why didn't I blow my nose and like take a Sudafed? Who this bitch? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. 
it is it is truly such a relatable feeling though because i feel like um as at least speaking personally uh, about six months of like just sitting and ennui for like during like the lockdown and stuff i was finally like I have to get done all those things that I haven't done <laughs> eventually. And then yeah. around the same time, you were like in the same headspace. Um, I, I don't know. It just feels like there there's a tipping point for that sort of like um, a malaise, you know? Absolutely. It's felt like hilarious um, conversations I've had recently with friends. Like they'll be like, so have you been? And I'll be like, I think I'm finally getting my feet under me. You know how we we talk once a month, and every time I've been like, I, you know, I'm just, yeah. well, I'm going. I'm I'm uh-huh. I'm here. I'm I'm heading forward. I feel like I see the light. Yeah, I didn't. I was lying. I hadn't seen the light, but I think I think I've turned it on now. I realized I had to turn on the light. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. I think oh, getting... it's so annoying, isn't it? <laughs> it's so annoying. <laughs> so annoying. Yeah, I am in a situation. It's sort of been thrust upon. Like I, I started making these moves before, but it was sort of, sort of thrust upon me recently because I might be without a roommate soon. So I'm like, I really have to get my life in gear now. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So, but that you know what, a terror is a good is a great motivator. You know. Yeah, it really, it really is. That's what finally got me off my ass to finally sort out my fucking health insurance stuff last month. After right. I was like, yes. oh shit, Fear. I, I've got I've got I've got ten days until I am off my parents' insurance and having to fend for myself. Oh god. Yeah. Um, Which was fun, but uh, we're all doing what, what, great, and I'm super. Any proud other of all of us. Uh, any other updates you'd like to relate to the audience in the pa- from this past six months to now? I'm going back to college. Like I, cool. I'm going back for a math degree. Nice. Oh, I, I'm I'm in, I'm in love and stuff. Uh, That's adorable. Cool. I love every time every time you post about your partner, I am just my heart is full. Sada. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. It was actually really funny editing this episode that I had recorded. Like we'd recorded it she and I had been dating for maybe like six weeks. Um, and I tell a story at the very beginning of that episode where I refer to a mysterious unnamed character, the bartender. Um, I'm like, Oh yeah, I don't know. I was really sick and I went to the bar and was drinking tea there. And I had this conversation with the bartender. It's because the bartender is shorter than the girl who I'm uh, dating with. I'm, uh, you know, (laughs) your girlfriend. Yeah. Which, yeah. So, Yes. And that's who that is. But the, the reveal, six months later, I know everybody's been dying to know who's that bartender. Who's that bartender? It's Pikachu. Um. <laughs> Your energy is like delightfully manic. <laughs> I've, I've, missed, I've truly missed this. Nuts. Uh. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> Like even the stuff that's like not particularly that funny. Uh, I, I think gonna, I just. Uh, I think I just missed you guys. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I honestly. missed you guys too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I've podcasted with Sarah. Yeah, I've like, had a couple in of recent memory. Of, yeah, I've had a couple um, instances of Blair. Uh, I've had a few dosages of Blair for uh, for fear baiting, but mm-hmm. th- this but this trifecta has been missing. There's yeah. something chemical when we are all in the same um, <laughs> a, a Discord voice chat channel or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's beautiful. Thanks, guys. We're back. We did it. We're at least recording one more. I'm not going to predict the future, but we're doing oh, yeah, this we right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we could possibly. We should, we should not have this. that level of hubris. <laughs> it's it's entire- 2024. <laughs> 
Oh my well, god. it's like the book where Jake wakes up and he's like in the future and he sees his sexy older self. Oh my god. Oh my god, right. I fucking forgot about that. I hate Some this book series. Speaking of uh, discontinuous don't. timeline, but uh, that's not that's nothing. We read a book nope. this week. Yeah. It's... I guess speaking of blast from the past, uh, <laughs> this podcast and also David. Oh my yeah. god. So well, before we get into the book, we need to look at the image uh, on the cover, which is just the the the, the so we've we've got we've got oh book number forty eight, the return, mm-hmm. and the cover is just Rachel turning into angry Wolverine Rachel. Yeah, she kind of gets abs through her tank top. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's you, just how abs work. It is. I've never had those. Sure. I also what I'm, told. I'm just noticing now that they've sort of had to like. They've tried to edit the tank. I think they were trying to broaden her shoulders to make her, like, more tough. And they've sort of had to, like, edit the neckline of the tank top in a way that is... Are you talking about the thing that looks like a necklace? Yeah. No, I think that's, like, where the... uh, You know how, like, all of these books have, like, a little, like, cutout where you can open it and then there's, like, a spread on the inside that's, like, that face? Oh, you're so right. Okay, thank God, because I... I was like, does she she just have, like, a chain now? Yeah. And then she's got claws coming right out of the ends of her uh, fingies. Yeah. So not quite a Wolverine situation. More of a... More of an X-23, I think? I don't know comics that well. (laughs) It's um, one of those things that make me realize how, like, human hands really can only be the way they are. Like, 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 most animals with claws or talons or something don't also have long digits that could so easily be snapped or broken. Yes. Because <laughs> that just yeah. looks so dangerous. It looks like, I mean, I know how much my sweet stupid cat struggles when he gets a claw stuck in a sheet that's hanging off the bed or whatever and he Uh doesn't even have anything that can break rachel right now looks like she would try to like slam her curtains shut and lose a middle finger (laughs) i know yeah i i get so distressed when like smile is like clinging onto my shirt particularly hard yeah and it's like i'm like okay baby time to go back in the tank and she just like got that one claw that's not really letting go and like (laughs) oh She's, she's resting under her, her smile update, by the way, for those curious. She's resting under her log right now, but her head's sticking out and she's making a, she's making a smile face. Pretty oh, good. Love to hear it. Yeah. Simba uh, will um, do the deeply unpleasant thing of like when I sit outside with him on our little balcony, he will like scratch at the brick walls just because oh he likes to do things like that. <laughs> and then the, and so it sounds awful. It's just terrible. And then, but. He'll get stuck on the on the little holes in there sometimes, and then look at me and scream. And I'm like, I don't know what you expected from this situation. This is the worst possible situation you could have ended up in. <laughs> and you put yourself here. I know you're you very stupid and very small, um, but it is technically your fault. <laughs> small for most things, big for cat. He, I was talking with a friend about this recently. He like grows like a catfish does. Which is to say he, like, eats all the food in his environment and then grows to fit the environment. Because <laughs> he's fat as fuck, but also just gigantic in general. He is, yeah. Um, Seda, I'm never not thinking about that post of yours that's, like, you're just talking about Gerald and you're like, you are so big, but compared to a bear, you are nothing! You are so small! <laughs> yeah. But he is a bear. Crying Britney gif. 
<laughs> um, so the tagline for this book. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, it's five out of five stars for <laughs> relevance. <laughs> <laughs> the tagline is the sixth anamorph morph. <clears throat> the sixth anamorph. Hello? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the si- si- can someone else do it? The, the sixth, sixth animorph, animorph is back, is back and, he's and he's not happy. <laughs> yes, we both got which it. Is a, which is a, a little bit anachronistic and di- a little bit anachronistic and disrespectful to Axe, honestly. And B, for comparison's sake, the uh, the tagline of the last book, which was the one which was half uh, the Animorphs talking to Trekkies and half Civil War flashbacks where we learn a very special lesson about how black people are people. The tagline was for that, that one last was, book? Whoa. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, the tagline for that one was, what would you do if you lost your mind to a year? <laughs> Yeah, so I didn't actually do the math on the Animorph numbers. They really did hurt someone's feelings here, didn't they? They really did. (laughs) I mean, I guess guess Axe doesn't have, like, it's not special that he has the powers. I guess. Right, but he's an Animorph. Like, yeah. if he's part of the you, team. He's yeah. part of the team. Uh, also, well, I was on the I was on the page for the the Seropedia page of the last book, and this isn't really this isn't germane to this book, but there is a fun goof slash inconsistency that I want to that I want to bring up. Mm-hmm. After hearing Richard Carpenter mention the Federation, Tobias tells Jake that they must be fans of Star Wars. However, Tobias is aware of Star Trek and the Federation in particular, having mentioned the Federation and his thoughts on the show in the proposal. So, <laughs> I'm glad that the goof is about, but Tobias is a Trekkie, not a Star War. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, only because Tobias would identify too hard with Anakin. <clears throat> yeah. What? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Welcome if... to my podcast within podcast, Crying About the Skywalkers. I got shit to say. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh. I want I want Tobias and Marco to do a Star Wars themed podcast. Oh god! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I in in Animorphs universe in Animorphs uh, Animorphs AU uh, where they where nothing bad happens to them and they just all become friends naturally. Uh, yes, the uh, Tob- Tobias and Marco are the guy are the hosts of Star Wars Minute in, in yeah. present day. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I I think it would be woke of them to do that. It would. (laughs) Um, So I think that uh, we had developed a format where just up top, we gave sort of a quick overall plot description Mm -hmm. um, in order to sort of facilitate being able to jump all around without really, you know, having to worry too hard about being completely linear. Right. that was really helpful for for uh for that but the thing about this book <laughs> is it's not very linear it is incredibly disjointed and um there's a lot of confusion both from me who doesn't read good and mm-hmm. from on purpose in the narrative mm-hmm. confusion yeah. of what is real and what isn't so i think you I should guess... give yourself more credit <laughs> yeah yeah say that honestly this one was a this one was a trial for all of us so basically i guess the long and short of it is we open 
in a nightmare that Rachel is having. This yes. turns out to be a nightmare inside a nightmare as she thinks she wakes up, but realizes she's having another bad dream. She is struggling with telling fact from fiction. She seems to really not be doing super well. She's very like feeling very aggressive and paranoid. She's having trouble remembering. She feels like she's in a dream or a nightmare a lot of the time and isn't totally sure what's going on with her. She's dealing a lot with guilt and with anger at her friends. And then she wakes up in a cube in the sewers and David is there and David's trying to seduce her to the dark side. <laughs> it is revealed that it, the Cryak actually has been piloting David this whole time. Mm -hmm. uh, she fights against the artist formerly known as Visser 3. That literally um, the same joke I have in my notes. Yep. And... <laughs> Uh, then she chooses not to kill David, or rather she, we are left with her still struggling with the morality. She's struggling a lot with sort of the overall theme of this is her realizing that her friends have done her really dirty by um, letting her do a lot of the really hard, dirty choices, the like violent work. And that mm -hmm. means that she has to shoulder a lot of the guilt by herself. Mm -hmm. And... We are left with her sitting in an alley, sobbing her brains out while David the mouse sits in front of her. David the rat sits in front of her being like, listen, the nicest thing to do is to kill me. And she goes, no, I'm a hero. And he's like, but you should kill me because I don't want to be like this. And she goes, but I'm I can't because that's what bad guys do. And that's the book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great, great it job. Is... Did a way better job. Did, did a way quicker and better summation than I could. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I mean, and then within all in within that skeleton is the strangest choices I've seen. Not they're not strange choices. I, I just it's just you know what it was almost the most animorphs book we could have come back to in a way. Honestly, yeah. There are it's... there are things about this book that I really really liked, and oh Sam, there are things about this book that I really didn't like. I would say generally I was super I was generally positive towards this book. I found it like but but I think that's because like I was just kind of excited to be reading Animorphs again. Yeah, I, I do get that. There's just like um, there there's just like a little bit too much like I I think that there's like a, what the goal what the book what I think this book does what it set out to, what it sets out to do well. I just think there's a little bit too much of it. Too too much. It just takes a little <laughs> bit too much. Yeah, I so it was it was interesting. Um, I would say the the thing generally I was like this is strange, but whatever. It's strange in a way that I anticipate. When they started talking about Edgar Allan Poe and the Telltale Heart, I was like I laughed out loud. Oh my god, I love a thematically appropriate lesson. I know, um, but also but for like high school, like middle schoolers or high schoolers, you know, because <laughs> yeah. I'm like. Because it's like, you you know, there there were a set of, like, kids who were reading Edgar Allan Poe's The Telltale Heart in their English class in eighth grade, and then also read this book in, like, the same, like, month or whatever. Oh, and they absolutely. were like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> it's yep, real. Yep. It's fucking real. Yeah, it's the, it's the, Hall it's the Halloween classic. Mm -hmm. in, in grade eight, we were asked to write down uh, three academic goals for the year, and mm -hmm. I uh, uh, have always been the same way, so I didn't have any goals, um, mm -hmm. and so I I just tried really hard to make up ones that I thought would sound like I wasn't making them up, but also impress the teacher. And right. the only one I remember was that I had a I decided I would memorize the entirety of the Raven. 
Oh my god. <laughs> you have always been the same person. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? And I oh, certainly not. I have a really <laughs> terrible memory, but I'm sure I read it multiple times and that was enough. <laughs> yeah. Um Sadas is the same. Uh-huh. Sadas is the same. Uh you you did you did just like you did you did just like knock loose a memory that is germane to the podcast of a of a of an elementary school thing. Where I was like in second or third grade and we had to write down like what we would wish for if we could wish for anything. And I wrote down two things, which is that I wish I had a mi- specifically like a million million dollars, like a mi- like a million million dollar bills. And also that I was an anamorph, but I didn't want to say that second one out loud because I felt like it was embarrassing. And so I just said the, the million million dollars one. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I like, want both of those things now. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really. I, I I loved these books as a kid, but I didn't really understand like the trauma of it all. So I was like, "Yay, aminals!" Totally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, so I'm really curious. Like with reading this book, you know, I do think that it is very strange in acceptable parameters of anamorph strange. Like definitely, I think no matter when we read this book, we'd be like, "Well, that was pretty nuts," but you know, in a way that it's okay for an Animorphs book to go this off the yeah, rails. It's not, right. it's not the civil war book. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious about, I think this was a really interesting b- book to take an accidental break before, because I think there's a certain momentum that I think maybe the book sort of, ex- it feels like the book expects you to have a bit of a momentum going into it because it's very <laughs> much, it has, it is frenetic the entire time. Like it turns oh, yeah. out to be a dream, but in the first three chapters, um, the White House gets attacked. Uh, mm-hmm. Rachel throws herself into a fight with a bunch of hork and taxons and ends yep. up slaughtering all of them. The president nearly gets captured. A she decides gets the to... John Landis treatment. The John Landis treatment. Uh, decapitated by helicopter. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's um, too dark a joke. I don't know who John Landis is. <laughs> John Landis is the guy who directed the Twilight Zone movie, and uh, he did some really he did like some really unsafe shit on set, which led to the decapitation of the lead actor for one of the for one of like the 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 vignettes in the Twilight Zone movie, and also the death oh, of two kids. Wait, actors. I did know that, but for some reason I forgot his name because I just know him as. I only ever hear that when people are shitting on Max Landis. Right. Like, and also his dad killed some actors. Yeah. <laughs> Which is interesting that that gets lumped into some, but anyway. Um, <laughs> and yeah, Rachel is like squares up with Jake in this dream and basically is like, um, you know, Jake says, I told you to stop fighting because you nearly died and you're so fucked up on battle that you can't even tell that you're nearly dead. And she's like, well, I don't listen to you. And Jake's like, all right, then you have to fight me for control. And she's like, okay. And like wakes up from her dream because she was about to die in that dream. Like she's like, all of her friends are being like, Rachel, you're about to die, demorph. And she's like, no. And she says, fuck <laughs> you, I won't do what you tell me. Yeah. Mm. Um, also, uh, fun, fun joke that I have here. Uh, there's a there's a Siberian tiger that's Jake in the White House hallway. Wow, Tammany Hall, uh, part two. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand know. it. That, that's like a bastardization of a joke I read in a Calvin and Hobbes strip like like twenty years ago. Um, thank I you. I gotta Google sir. some stuff. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, whenever Sarah makes a joke, it's like that like Tumblr post that like has like a screenshot of a Twitter post. This is stupid. Um, but it's like I got to Google three three things, and then later it's like, yeah, this okay, is pretty, pretty funny. funny. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that that's the, I'm glad that that's like I'm glad that most of the time you 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 said it yourself. I'm glad that most of the time the conclusion is okay. Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there there is one line that I really liked from the first. I mean, that made me go hee 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 from the first chapter, which is Rachel is like. Oh, along with Cassie, Tobias is my best friend and kind of boyfriend. And I was like, haha, it's like he's. Uh, <laughs> you said they were. <laughs> you said that Cassie and Tobias were both your best friend and also dating you. <laughs> yes. So. Yes. Uh, I, I had completely bought into this as like a real thing, and I was just like, damn, DC is like a wild field trip for these kids from California to be taking. Like, oh that's god, like... I didn't even think about the geography of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like, isn't like it a th- DC but... was like DC, like Blair was was DC like a common field trip for you? Like everyone, it in is. My I think school. it is. Ma- it is. It is mandated that each school, each public school, does it. Like offers it um, Wait, because it was offered. At, yes, I, I am what? almost. I think it's a middle school thing. I think in eighth grade, yep, eighth we were grade. offered to go to DC, but I didn't because I didn't want to pay the money and I didn't like anyone I was in middle school with. Like that, <laughs> and that I was is... like, I'm not about to spend like a week, like a weekend in a hotel with you people. Um, <laughs> so that was fine. And I don't feel like I lost out on anything. <laughs> Um, there, there were two things, there were two quotes that I grabbed out of this, which is the, the, um, Jake never loses a chance to imply that I'm some sort of shoot first, ask questions later, lose canon. <laughs> a lot of things where Rachel says, this is, these guys, <laughs> these guys, they're always saying that I'm a this and I'm a that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, uh, Rachel identifies some furniture in uh, a White House room as some skinny-legged French guilt jobs or something, which is, like, way more than, like, I would be able to apply to describe furniture in any scenario. I um, bet that she just picks that up from browsing catalogs. Oh, definitely. Yes. 100%. <laughs> I also, like, love her as, like, someone who's, like, snobby about uh, historical interior design. Mm-hmm. Oh, Totally. <laughs> Oh, I do love that. I would love if Rachel, like, is one of those people who you can't watch a historical movie with because she's like, oh, my God, that stitching is so obviously done by a machine. That's hilarious. (laughs) I love her. No, totally, though. Absolutely. Um, Yes. Or, like, oh, my God, that is, like, like a century, like, too soon or whatever, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I'm I'm getting I'm having emotions thinking about the Animorphs movie night. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh oh and, man. And, oh. It doesn't matter who picks the movie; it's always impossible. Oh, there's no way. There's nothing that they all agree on. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> well, okay. But, what kind of movies would Axe bring to movie night? Documentaries, right? Like, yeah, it's yeah. gotta be. Yeah, it's gotta be. Yeah, you like your Planet Earths or whatever. I like yeah. to I, I like to imagine Marco brings like comedies every every time he gets a turn for the first like six or seven rotations, but then he starts. But then like one time he just swerves and brings like some like really emotional drama piece that just like leaves the entire group in tears. Yes, I I think that he would swing wildly between like really accessible, really stupid, like slapstick ass comedy that he's like, no guys, this is brilliant. Like just just like pay attention. It's so uh-huh. good. It's so stupid. I love it. And then he brings some like 
completely impenetrable alt comedy, like anti joke, like three hour experiment uh-huh. <laughs> just be like no it's it's hilarious but like you have to watch the whole three hours or, or like you won't get it and everyone's like no <laughs> it's like it, I, that feels like like marco like senior year of high school versus marco like freshman year of college <laughs> yeah. oh my god uh, these kids these kids aren't these kids probably aren't gonna go to college <laughs> no mm. appropriate to this particular book have you ever seen the movie Mousetrap? I've not seen I've the movie I've played Mouse the Trap. game. Or, sorry, not Mousetrap. Mouse Hunt, maybe? Not familiar. Mouse not, Hunt, yeah. Not, not so Mouse Bell. Hunt, look it, up. It, uh, it has, um, like, Nathan Lane. Is, okay. Is it, so it's from the 90s. It is just, like, 90 straight minutes of pure slapstick it's like a movie that my girlfriend remembers really fondly from her childhood, so we like watched it one night, mm-hmm. and I could not believe how fucking funny I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm sure there was some shit in it that I'm not remembering, but the thing about slapstick comedy is that like, it, you know, it ages it works. fine. It <laughs> yeah. age, it's, it's the same as it was 23 years ago or whatever. Like, it's uh-huh. it's... It, oh, Christopher Walken has a has a fairly substantial bit part as an exterminator. That's seeing, great. Seeing Christopher Walken get outsmarted by a mouse and then dragged down several flights of stairs is timeless. <laughs> yes. Oh, for sure. Um, I feel like we don't do slapstick as much as we should these days. You I know? agree. Yeah. yeah. I think we need. Mm-hmm. To, I think we need to. Like, I, I haven't seen Swiss Army Man, but what I've gleaned from the trailers is that that is what that movie would offer me. Yes. But, uh, Daniel, but there's Ra- like... Daniel Radcliffe just getting punched, and so he, like, like spits out a bunch of water to drink or whatever. Right. I really expected to hate that movie, and I loved that movie. Right. Yes, it's good. <laughs> um, yeah, I um, I feel like the... the, the, the so there... <sighs> with comedy like controversy is like whatever like it is meaningful when we're talking sat blah 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 doesn't matter slapstick you, you can just not go wrong you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> easy easy and timeless mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. timeless 90s beanbag chairs marco brings one to axe's scoop <laughs> when he decides that he's gonna be when he i forgot that marco died yeah <laughs> me too <laughs> Marco's like Marco's innards got plastered on a hotel wall. Yeah, Marco's yeah. legally dead. Um, so yeah, <laughs> he's been hanging out with Axe a lot. He brought a beanbag to his scoop, and there's a line here that I really loved because Rachel basically again, this is a dream, but there are parts of it that are still interesting and true about mm. Rachel and about the group. Um, Rachel runs up and is like, "Where's Cassie?" And Axe is like, "Why do you re- you can't talk to us?" <laughs> <laughs> Rachel's like, no. And she says that Cassie is the only one of the group who might be described as sensitive. And she says Marco and Axe are perceptive, but that's not the same as sensitive. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really interesting. First of all, that, yeah, truly Cassie is like the one. And it's, it's you know, it's definitely a known thing. Like, it's not a secret that she is very much the heart of the group. Mm-hmm. Um but it's interesting that it is like 
the amount of emotional work that she is doing to like keep this team even mildly healthy and it's really interesting that that is brought up i'm sure it's completely purposeful that's brought up in a book where not for the first time but for what i would say the most it's been confronted the most head-on which is cassie allowing bad things to happen as long as she can pretend she didn't know or or didn't stop them or didn't have a direct hand in them which is Mm -hmm. rachel's perspective on like cassie lets me do violent stuff or cassie it was cassie's idea to trap david as a rat um but i'm the one who had to do it and so yeah yeah, just with with cassie's like sensitivity being almost like critiqued as an excuse to let other people hurt themselves more emotionally yes. and psychically for sure uh, for yeah. sure you you mentioned subreddits earlier and i i um the i every i'm subscribed to the animorph subreddit as well and every time every so often a post will float to the top of my timeline it's just like man who's the worst animorph i think it's cassie because she like it's a skylar it's skylar white ass shit it's just like surface level reading of everything and it makes me I mad i hate that that exists of course it does but that yeah. sucks yeah um like it is there what i I think the book does like the book series does a really good job at like talking about the burden of being the emotional compass for a bunch of children Mm -hmm. while also being a child basically Mm -hmm. um and um it's it is basically just baffling to me that people sort of miss that because it is it is this is a book series for children so it is not like it's it's subtle enough to not be like like overbearing but like it's like clear enough to for that children can understand it you know yeah um, totally um and i guess i'm just like man you just you wanted to have this opinion you know oh <laughs> come on um cassie's a great character um and yeah, there is, it is the the dynamic, the, the moral dynamic between the two. I wish there was more direct interaction between the two of them in this book. Um, because we definitely have a sort of moral dynamic here, mm-hmm. right? Which is what sort of what you were talking about. Um, whereas, like, um, Rachel has to bear the moral burden of actually doing the bad things. But Cassie has to bear the moral burden of, like, signing off on it you know yeah yeah like yeah. cassie is like the last cassie is like the last like go, go switch you know she's she's the, she's the other key in the nuclear reactor mm-hmm. right yeah it's like so at this point you know sort of she she wakes up from this dream again um and it's still a little you know it's it's very fuzzy rachel is really really struggling uh mentally in these in this book um, Mm -hmm. with like the lines of reality and stuff. And obviously she is being toyed with. So yeah. By Cryak and the Drode. Yeah. It's, it's both, I think a a genuine like mental distress and also, you know, a big psychic God monster is fucking with her. Yeah. Um, Same thing. (laughs) Um, Yes. When you're an animorph. Yeah. And she, so she, she has these like interesting, very recognizable to me, like, furious paranoid thoughts where like she walks by jake in the hall yes and she wants to stop to talk and jake just nods at her and she goes oh well fuck him then like he's oh he's being cold to me now like she instantly and she even recognizes that she's overanalyzing it but still analyzes it 
and thinks, oh, what, he's judging me? He's mad at me, and so he's going to be a dick to me in the hall? Even though there's no evidence of that, Jake was just going to class, and she knows that, but she's, like, gets furious, and then, um, uh, I... She goes to class, and then Cassie turns around, and and Rachel, like, notes the genuine, how genuine her smile is. Yeah, and she sort of says, like... That she thinks, Rachel thinks that she is having these recurring nightmares. She's, like, trying to figure, she's having recurring nightmares about, like, this final showdown with Jake. About, like, leadership and control and that kind of thing. Um, And she's trying to figure out exactly why. And I think the first theory that she floats is that they're because there's this, like, open secret that what she considers an open secret, what everybody thinks is that she, Rachel, likes the war and likes fighting and good guys aren't supposed to like it. Yeah. Um, and at this point, it's it, also, it goes dream again, kind of, I think. She is flying with Tobias and she's complaining. She's like, why is it that everybody thinks I'm a fucking monster, but monster, but Marco gets away with complaining all the time. And Tobias is like, well, you know, Marco complains because it sucks and everybody thinks it sucks, but not everybody understands why you always want to fight everybody. Uh, and Rachel's like, that's not true. Um, everybody hates me now. Well, that's because Jake is a leader and he's threatened by me and he's threatened by my power. So he's trying to make everybody think that I'm this loose cannon and I'm untrustworthy. And then it's a dream again. Yeah. Um. She flies. She flies into a red light and then wakes up and then says, "The Great Gatsby." Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> that's, a green, that's a green light. Fuck. Delete Stupid. that. Delete that joke. <laughs> delete podcast. Start over. Okay. Welcome to the Wonder um. Years. Animorphs. I'm Sarah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so what was so interesting about like the op- i was like when it was like when more than one dream happened in a row i was like so when someone's fucking with rachel um but i i tr- i'd forgotten about all the players <laughs> in this series so i was like what's happening and then david was like a-, a thing that happened and i was like can david read minds and do weird things now does he have like superpowers and then the droned cryak showed up and i was like oh yes i I liked like the 20 like the the 10 or so pages that we got to think that david was like a super powered like rat king yeah he's he's, like villain monologuing the whole time it's so because because what happened is that um sorry my duolingo just yelled at me to do japanese (laughs) Um, it'll do that uh, so David is like, so I was trapped on that island forever. The rat brain made me do things that the human brain tried to reject. But some, one day someone came to the island to look at anim- to look at birds and look at their delicious eggs. So I hopped on the mm-hmm. boat and I brain control all these rats and I have become the rat king of city California. Uh-huh. And I have stolen money from the... Ba- now, what really cracked me up is that all this is revealed to be, like, a, a, fa- a, a fabrication, except for the fact that he has filched the banks for over $200,000. Right. So he he walks in, or he comes in with his two henchmen, yep, who are gr- real. They're, they're there the whole time. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And they are these two teenagers, um, <laughs> one of whom has a rat tattooed on his face face <laughs> and the other who's just wearing a grateful dead t-shirt <laughs> great vibes yeah um, do you think that i 
So if they both had a rat tattoo, I'd be like, okay, David necessitated it. I don't think either of these guys care. I don't, I don't know if, did David just happen to cross a guy who had a rat tattoo on his face already? Did he just like, I think David found a man or a teenager rather with a rat rat tattoo on his face. Okay. Yeah. Um, It has to be at least 17. Right. Anyway. Um, uh, and was just like, this is my man. Yeah. Yeah, oh. so they do have $212,000. <laughs> Which is so they've funny. They've gathered over a month, by the way. <laughs> that is so funny. And it's... also, like, direct action. You remember yeah. that he- do you remember that headline from, like, uh, two years ago that was, like, Rat chews up nearly $18,000 and dies in ATM? Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh man, there's there's some good villain stuff in here, even if it is ultimately an illusion. Um, I like when David appears, and I mean it's been pretty obvious. Well, I mean obviously, the tagline of the book says that David's gonna come back. Yeah, right, but also right. throughout the book, it's been sort of the event that Rachel has been fixating on of when she did a really awful thing to somebody mm-hmm. that she doesn't feel like she was in control of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so David walks in. And he's like, surprised. And she says, no, I said truthfully. And he's like, oh, well, are you terrified? And she's like, no. (laughs) And then he goes, well, it's still early. (laughs) He is, he is, yeah, he is doing the most. Yeah. It is the fun. He says the funniest line in this book for me, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. He's, I, I don't, I can't remember even what it was in reference to, but just he was like, at one point he was like, well, luckily I'm a genius. Yes. <laughs> luckily my, when, luckily when my in the rat middle of like huge. a, It's so funny. Just be, a rat in the middle of a villain monologue being like, well, luckily I'm a genius is one of the funnier things that like... He's, so he's literally, he's literally just the brain. He's the brain. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And like, so like, you know, he's sort of, he's he's basically like, well, I, I'm going to do the same thing to you that you did to me. You have to become a rat and be a rat forever. Uh, or I'll kill Cassie. Do, do, do. Door mm-hmm. behind door number two. Cassie's also in a cube. Um, <laughs> just, and... a, just a giant plastic cube. Yeah, I guess so. And he's like, you know, I'll open an air hole as soon as you turn into a rat. Um, and the her morph to rat is really uh, problematic for me. Um, she, the last thing... To turn into rat size is her eyeballs um so she becomes a rat with a rat sized skull but human eyes on it An and then her rat. eye sockets start to shrink yes exactly and then her eyeballs shrink last so it's it's too bad and it really sucks and you know <laughs> David starts, like, feeding her this information about, oh, all the Animorphs hate you because they can't control you, but they can't kill you. And so this is for the best, really, because they'll be so relieved that you're gone. And my plan, here's David's plan. I control all the rats and we're going to break into a lab and bring back the the plague, the real ass plague. The kill plague. enough humans. Yeah, kill enough humans that the Yurks won't think it's worth having them as controllers anymore and all of the remaining humans. What are we going to do about them? Nothing. They'll listen to us because if they don't, we'll give them more plague. <laughs> I like... I don't, obviously he doesn't understand epidemiology, 
Um, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure we figured out like what to do with the plague <laughs> at that point. It's like, it's so funny and it's so over the top and so villainous and makes no sense at all, which is None. wonderful because it does end up being fake. But the thing that the, I thought this was so great, the thing that like flipped the switch for Rachel first, like the first thing that didn't make any sense is that in his villainous monologue, he mentions like eating at a fancy restaurant. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, he's like, sure, we'll be rats and we can't dine at Le Cirque or whatever. Yeah. Um, and Rachel's like, that's weird. He's kind of more of a Wendy's guy. <laughs> mm. I, I, jumping back, jumping back a quick second. Um, I'm really glad this wasn't the last book we did before our six month hiatus because I gotta say, Blair, you saying I think we'd know how to deal with the plague would have aged really badly if we released that in oh, say God. early March of 2020. Oh, no. <laughs> you know what? But it is a historical boon because we learn how to deal with plague. No, eventually. this is true. I, I, am, I am agreeing with you. I'm just saying that would have been really funny if you'd said that before. Really funny, air quotes. <laughs> you know what? I would have. I would have appreciated. I would have appreciated the irony of it. Um, um, before, before I would have been okay with that. Before Rachel uh, morphs into a rat, David hits her with like an incredibly raw ass line because like he she makes him cry. But he makes she makes him rat cry. Uh, and he says, he tells her that you're already a Nothlet. And I'm just like, damn. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, so I, it, you know, it takes a little while, but I love her line when she's like realizing, wait, rats can't fucking be an army. What are you talking about? <laughs> she says, you might be a rat, but that doesn't make you Dr. Doolittle. Um, which is hilarious to me. I don't know. <laughs> just like, Yeah. You are, you're not you're not Dr. Doolittle. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because she was like, because he was talking about like, oh yeah, I found some of the more intelligent rats and I like ordered them around and now I have this like rat army. And then she was like, you can't communicate with rats. It's <laughs> not how rats work. Wait, fuck. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Oh my god. Yeah, it is. Man, yeah, I kind of yeah, I kind of adored this book because it had a lot of my favorite villains in mm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and because then I like the Drode and Cryak show because it's like all runes. It's all like, it's mostly like um, illusions or whatever. Um, and I mean, we can touch on the fact that, we can touch back on the fact that like super Rachel is a thing that happens. Oh, we're talking about super Rachel. Yeah, it's at this point, <laughs> the book really like, just really loses all attempts at linear like at understanding exactly where you are physically with like Rachel is a rat and then she's a normal girl and then she's a rat and then she is you know a 10 foot tall mega Rachel with huge muscles who rips the droid's head off of its body Um, but not really but not really, because then the droid laughs, and then she's in the cube, and she's out of the cube, and then she's at like a football stadium. Yeah, she's or at the fucking. I don't know. She's at the fucking Superdome, like, <laughs> like fucking squaring up with Visser one, with Visser one, nay Visser three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Which so and I loved this because I hope this is confirmed to be true later. Like, it really seems like this is actually him. Yeah. Here. Like, yes. Like the I, I, guy I, I, like, really picked him out was like come and he was like and then i love Mr. three being like 
hey, don't you know who I am? And Cryak's like, do you know who I am? And he's like, oh, uh-huh. Yeah, never Yeah, sorry. <laughs> there's, also a, there's also a great part at the end because, like, what what this the fight that Ra- between Super Rachel and Visser Three is that Rachel can like immediately morph into anything she has done before like 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 just snap and she's done and also she can morph into things that she's not morphed before like at one point Visser One turns into a slime guy and Rachel's like oh fuck I don't have a morph that beats this but then she turns into like a tree she she makes up a huge plant monster yeah she turns into a she turns into seymour uh uh seymour uh uh audrey seymour. too audrey thank you yes <laughs> you you were gonna yeah, you were circling it yeah <laughs> and uh but at the end of it visser one is like this isn't fair <laughs> this thing has no weaknesses yeah right because the cryx like hey visser three well visser one whatever um if you if you defeat this this creature this big 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 young child you win earth you can have it and he's like shit yeah all right um and yeah he's kind of just like "Eh." (laughs) and then the cryak's like you gotta kill him now and rachel's like no, she sort of had this, this whole inner monologue where she realizes like she's addicted to power and she knows that the Cryak is offering to give her power and the Cryak's even like, you can end this like war, you can end the infestation. I don't care if you kick all of the Yurks all of, off of Earth, you can have the power to do that. And she's like, oh, well, that would be cool. That would be nice. And then she sort of is like, oh, wait, there's a reason. If the Cryak really wanted to end the war, he would give this power to Jake, who could control it. But... Jake wouldn't do all the evil shit that, that he wants them to. So he's giving it to me because he thinks that I'll be be bad with it. Yeah, he's like, yeah. He's like he, she's like, she has like this vision in her head of like super Rachel being the, the liberator of the peoples and the savior of Earth. And then she realized that the people would look under her as a tyrant. Yeah. And um, so she decides not to kill artists formerly known as Visser 3. And she gets turned back into a rat. And I guess the Cryak just leaves at this point, right? Like, like Cryak's kind of just like, you've disappointed me yet again. I will not be making this offer once more. And yes. Floats off. Yeah. Uh, and and then... David's like, well, that was stupid, but good news. Now we can rule the town together as rat king and queen. I really do have $200,000, Rachel. <laughs> We're rats. We can spend mo- human money and then as Rachel, rats. And then Rachel, like, temporarily, like, unionizes the two flunkies of David. (laughs) She's like, listen, how much is this guy paying you? Whatever it is, is it a hundred and six? Is it half of the money that he has because he could, should give half of it to each of you. And she, Mm -hmm. and she's like, listen, I will track his scent. I will tell you where to get the money. And they're like, um, okay. And they let her out and she demorphs and she gets stuck in the middle of the morph, but she does like the thing that they always do where it's like, she just tries really hard and succeeds. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> uh, I, every you know, time. It is, it is silly, but I, I liked the framework that they put on it this time, which is that, you know, she's trying to learn the lesson that she thinks she should be learning. Um, so she's trying to put all of her emotions aside and just focus really hard and yeah, dig deep fair. and find her inner strength. But then she realizes this isn't working and she taps back into her anger and mm-hmm. her fury and her hatred and she mm-hmm. uses that energy to finish the morph into mm-hmm. her human form and i think that's really interesting because 
it is absolutely not the thing that is a, a narrative device I really like, which is where the protagonist learns that something they thought was a weakness is actually a strength. Um, right. And they can use it, you know, that kind of thing. It It is genuinely, I think, Rachel kind of backsliding or realizing I don't have the luxury of letting go of anger right now. Like, I, I don't have the luxury of healing and and right. becoming a, a soft, gentle person. That's not something I can do right now. I need to keep using this because it's all I've got. Right. Um, and yeah, and it, it, it would have felt weird and corny if it was the other way. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So... No, I totally agree. Uh, I, I again, I do. Generally, I was like, "Well, we've seen this show before, so it's fine." But yes, yeah. you're you're correct. Yeah. The framing was um. At least I had something to say. So, yeah. Which is yes. good. <laughs> um, uh, oh so man! She... Imagine if Rachel just had mouse legs for the the rat legs for the rat. <laughs> <laughs> Serious. She also. I mean, to... everyone's getting really fucked up at she, this point. She yeah. also has to fake her own death to escape the shame of rat being rat legs, Rachel. If both Marco and Rachel died, surely Jake's getting a call, right? At that point. <laughs> like... Oh, I know. Oh, my God. I know. Yeah. Um, and also yeah. Tobias, they're like, oh, Tobias, that kid also went missing. Wasn't Jake the only one who was ever nice to him? Uh, Jake's oh God, a serial the... killer. Yeah. Right. The, that is that. That is. I'm like, I'm like slightly delighted by that. <laughs> Because, um, like the, it is it is not a huge trope, but it is a minor trope where it's like outward perceptions of like of like um uh like uh magical realism stuff like being sort of like suspicious and maybe criminal. Um, right. It's, yeah. it's sort of fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, um, there's a really there's a really like kind of heartbreaking scene at the end here where. Rachel like frees Cassie from the cube of death, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And she's just like, well, someone's got to take care of David. And Cassie's like, no, don't, don't do it. And Rachel's like, well, are, are you going to do it? And Cassie's like, I, um, no. And Rachel's like, yeah, I didn't think so. I know. It's so hard. Oh, I, yeah, I, I, you know, I do really wish they had more, interactions in this book but that was so powerful and i just i can only hope and trust this series to sort of like keep uh exploring that yep, so which yeah. it will mm-hmm. um and yeah rachel sort of like she she has part of her monologue is like oh wow you know i've been so angry i mean it's the same thing we've been talking about the whole book she's like oh I just realized I am angry at my friends and I'm allowed to be um, and uh, because they get to keep their hands clean and pretend they don't know that bad stuff happens and I have to keep doing it so that I can protect their innocence and that's a sacrifice that I'm making for them and they're repaying me by calling me crazy and unstable and volatile um, and that's not fair because I'm protecting them in mm-hmm. a way. Um, and... The scene between Rachel and David is also really effective, yeah, I think. Like I agree. it's it's especially because it starts off as like a high speed chase, you know, like Rachel turns into a rat again and she's stalking him through the pipes and she hears him 
get out of the pipes and like is sitting in an alley and she gets out of the alley and she's ready for anything she's ready for him to be there with like a trap she's ready for his cronies to come out of nowhere and instead she just finds him like sitting on his little rat haunches sort of basking in the sun and sniffing the wind uh just being grateful um for the like moments that he's having um and being like wow beautiful world isn't it shame i gotta go and she's like i don't know what you mean you gotta go <laughs> he's and like yeah you yeah. do he, he he does the he does the uh um the rudger howard blade runner thing that i've seen things you people wouldn't believe time to die and then rachel Basically, says and yeah. rachel says no not time to die i'm the good guy i'm not doing this and david's like please don't let me fucking live like this and then it just ends like rachel doesn't make the choice rachel is sitting there crying and she's willing david to run away like she's sitting there like crying into her knees just being like oh i hope that i hear him running away because then maybe i don't find him and she's wishing that anybody else any of her friends would come up and save her and um make the choice and i think that in that moment she isn't even saying oh i wish one of my friends would come kill him she's even just wishing that somebody would come and tell her what to do like so that somebody else would say well i mean rachel you gotta kill him so that she's not making that choice mm-hmm. um and we don't see her do it or not do it it just sort of ends with the two of them sitting together knowing what has to happen but not knowing if it can or will right um yeah <laughs> yeah and rachel's I mean, like oh ah. yeah. i mean it, it feels appropriate honestly but yes totally mm-hmm. I, I gotta say like i have a much stronger opinion of this book than i did like an hour ago like I, I think <laughs> yeah. talk, like definitely you you two have made compelling arguments that have swayed me but also just like talking through it made a lot more of this make sense that i'd kind of written off as weirdness nonsense yeah i've got totally some, i've got some goof slash inconsistencies from seropedia to to share with you <laughs> <laughs> great yes absolutely. i'd love to hear it okay uh, a couple of things about like just thought speak being used when it shouldn't be or vice versa um uh david mentions that he had been forced to live as a rat for months however based on the overall timeline it had been nearly two years since the animorphs marooned him now i actually like this more as a not a goof or inconsistency like he's actually been gone that long but he just doesn't realize it like he has like maybe lost time because of rat mode I buy that totally, and I mm-hmm. I think that it I I think that the the book would even sort of back that up because Rachel thinks at one point like how long does a rat even live like to the which I don't think you would think after like three months like I you know yeah like I, I right. can see it if, after a couple years being like I don't know rats probably only live a little while right yeah I don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and right, one more right, thing. Right. Uh, Rachel states that the, this is coming back to something we talked about at the, about the tagline. Rachel states that the Animorphs comprises of herself, Jake, C- Tobias, Cassie, and Marco, omitting Axe. In both the book itself and the tagline, David is referred to as the sixth Animorph. Additionally, the back cover summaries of the majority of the books excludes Axe as a member of the Animorphs, often stating the Animorphs and Axe. This is because the editors who write the taglines and back cover summaries do not consider Axe an Animorph, considering the term Animorph to be human exclusive. That is wild. Yeah. 
Like I like I mean I guess that's the same like the the point I made sort of jokingly which is that you know it's just a power that but that's the other thing though right that's a thing that we learned about andalites it's not like that is a native power to them that is not right. something that they just are physiologically able to do right it's, it's just, just like as, how we have the internet it's just <laughs> as fake for axe as it is for the other kids yeah yeah <laughs> uh, continuing or just as real whatever uh, despite yeah. this the majority of the books so far explicitly state that axe is a member of the animorphs uh, meaning that acts the sixth animorph while david was the seventh that's so funny i like part of <laughs> it's clearly human bias on the parts of the editors <laughs> yeah i know yeah there there's um there there's like a uh a jojo's bizarre adventure tabletop rpg called the seventh stand user which is referring to the fact that there are six main characters in part three and the, i i haven't looked into it too deep but i i would assume that you play as the hypothetical seventh um mm -hmm. so there we could make it we could make a hack of that called the the eighth animorph or the seventh animorph if we want to disrespect axe some more but i don't want to disrespect axe anymore that he already's been please he's be kind been to him he's fragile <laughs> he's very weak arms mm -hmm. to be delicate with him <sighs> um that's an, that's book. i i i like animorphs and i it's like it's just so nice to be reading animals again because i'm yeah really is because my emotional memory is not uh, great so like it is so like i will like know i enjoy something intellectually but just not associate that feeling with it immediately but then mm -hmm. just like reading it and i was like oh look, <laughs> oh, look. um we have a question a word. So I tweeted, the Wonder Yurks are here to record a new episode on Book 48. The Return asks us about Rat, King, Rat King's Dreams Nested Within Dreams and Super Rachel. Uh, and uh, at Antigone Progeny replies, the existence of the Rat King implies the existence of a rat monarchy over which it rules. What fucked up arrangement of animals do you think would correspond to other systems of government like democracy or communism? <laughs> Oh, I was going in a different... I had completed that question in a different way in my brain, and I was already thinking those answers, and now i got to pivot. Can well, you say... I'm going to read it again. One second. Well, hold on. I want, I want to, before, we, before we go back to what the question actually is, I want to know where your brain took it, because I want to answer that question, too, I think. That sounds like a fun question to answer, whatever you had in mind. It was... So, if there's a rat monarchy, what are the arrangements of the other, like... Uh, parts of the court like and I was gonna say oh a rat gesture is just like a series of five rats that are constantly jumping over each other and cartwheeling over yeah, each yeah. other and moving it at you like really a, fast it's so like, um, what's the thing they used to advertise in like old comic books it was like the, the flea circus it's like a flea circus but with rats yes yeah exactly oh <laughs> that's tremendous um I I like to picture them in little outfits in my head. Oh yeah, um, doing a little, doing a little. I think they did a children's book series about that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, in my head, I'm like imagining. Red Wall specifically... is that about <laughs> rat monarchies? Basically, oh, yeah, I think so. um, this uh, this is putting a picture in my head specifically of like, do you remember that like that that plastic Harry Potter toy where you had to like press buttons and like guide the plastic ball like through the the air jets and stuff like the pneumatic toy? Does that remind? Is that reminding you of anything? Not anything? Vaguely, yeah. Yeah, I think that was it like a, a Quidditch thing. Yeah, it was a Quidditch thing. I'm just imagining yes. the rats. I'm just imagining the rats like using the, a discarded <laughs> one of those as like their their centerpiece. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's great. Uh, but back to the question originally asked by Antigone. Mm -hmm. What fucked up arrangement of animals do you think would correspond to other systems of government like democracy or communism? Um, 
I I don't even know if I would say that the that rats are the most monarchistic animal. Oh, certainly you know? not. They <laughs> they they speak to sort of a a, a an egoist um, anarchy. You know, um, very individualistic anarchy. I think. Um, uh, uh, um, I I don't even like. It's so hard. Like what animal can be ethically called like a socialist or communist because i feel like all of them sort of have dark vibes um which is not me being anti-animal i think it's just me me being realistic about what animals are capable of and what i'm not as a like a human being mm-hmm. um, i think i i'm i i, I counter con, to be contrary i think jellyfish are all oligarchs uh i've got no basis to... for that but that's just my that i listen i had to take a stance they don't have spines or like any sort of thing they're just like water basically but it's not yeah um they're jelly right they're they're very literally jelly um they're made of good and lightning yeah that's true um they're jellyfish are like not super like into politics but very woo and spiritualist you know (laughs) that's that's their vibe i think (laughs) I don't know, because um, I was I, so. What I've been trying to circle around is what I think the vibes are. <laughs> what are the vibes of cats? And basically, is what I'm wondering. Oh, I'm looking at one right now. What does he is think? Geralt, is, is Gerald a king? Mm. Well, the thing is, my my roommate's cat Simba is a mayor, um, so he probably is interested in like Simba the mayor, like the the representational democracy. But that's yeah. just him and like i guess he, other people could have other people other cats could have their own political leanings hypothetically perhaps <laughs> um i think i think gerald wants to do crimes gerald's a little cauliflower Ger- that's so true <laughs> and um the rest of us are just baby carrots is that just you baby carrots <laughs> we're, we're all just baby carrots trying to make it in this world yeah. <laughs> you sound so gentle. We should end this podcast. Yeah. So thank you for listening to this week's this this week's episode of The Wonder Yerks. Uh if you want to find us, we are at the Wonder Yerks on Twitter. Uh, I think we have an email, thewonderyerks at gmail.com. Haven't checked that in a while. I think that we do not. I think that I we do just not don't. believe we have an email. <laughs> well, okay. Well, all right then. Try send an email to that and just see what happens. Yeah, see see if it exists, please. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, patreon.com slash fearbaiting. Uh, it supports this and sister show, Fearbaiting. Uh, $1 a month gets you early access to uh, Fearbaiting episodes when they come out. We don't really do early access of Wonder Yorks episodes, right? Do we? Uh, I have never been asked to send episodes early, so. Okay, well, if you want, if you happen to finish an episode early, send it to I'm sorry, this is so funny. This is the exact same fucking conversation we had in this part of the <laughs> <laughs> We recorded six months ago. I'm literally like losing. I know my I'm mind having right deja now. vu right now. <laughs> Same. Okay. Well, for early access to fear baiting and maybe Wonder Yorks episodes, uh, you can donate a dollar a month. Five bucks a month get your name out of the podcast and a message sent into the show. Ten bucks a month gets you all that, and you get to choose a movie for uh, to watch on for us to watch on fear baiting the other podcast. So thank you very much to Ducky Aisha, Paul Moran, Kit Spindler, and Michael Kaiser. We love you all so so much. If you want to find more of 
well, actually, no. First, uh, thank you to uh, Matt GameCube and uh, the creator and host of Noisebase.xyz, the podcast network that we are so proudly affiliated with. Uh, listen to other podcasts on that network, such as Fear Baiting, which is the, which is, I almost called that the Animorph show that I do because the, it is, yeah. it is the Animorph show that you do. <laughs> it's the horror movie podcast that I do. Uh, you can also listen to, to, the, uh, Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, the leftism podcast that I do with my friends. We just recorded an episode a couple of days ago. It was a good one. Um, and if you want to find me personally, I'm on Twitter at SunHatGenya, S-U-N-H-A-T-Z-H-E-N-Y-A. And also to recommend a noise space podcast that's not mine, I really like Zero to Zero. It's a podcast about the mid-2000s terrible reality show who wants to be a superhero which is a stan lee production it sounds like i i have not watched an episode of the show but it's uh from what they talk about it's probably one of the worst conceived reality shows that has ever existed and i can't get enough of it that sounds great um if you would like to find me on the internet you can do so at blair kitch and that's basically it um roll the dice who knows if my twitter is going to <laughs> be um up or deleted uh, at any given moment i'm just having fun um just uh, uh rolling the dice with life in general um oh hey, i love that for you <laughs> thanks man hey seda uh <laughs> do, do you got plugs of things yeah sure um you can find me at twitter or... <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on twitter at nudity with an ea instead of a y you can check out my other podcast where i solve little problems with little songs at musical mole on twitter you can check out my other music at gaygothvibes.online or pilotingtheanimal.bandcamp.com where i had a project where i was going to post something every month but instead i'm just kind of aiming to have 12 by the end of the year yes this, yeah, this sounds great. We're doing great. We're doing. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in, in like, the astral plane. I'm both. I'm gently holding both of your hands right now and like giving you a yes. small squeeze. And I'm like, we're doing really good right now. We're just we doing got really Yeah, we got this. Um, but until two weeks, fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. But don't get mad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Listen, by, um, by the time I, you hear this episode, hopefully. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been Blair. I continue to be Sarah. And I'm still Seda. And remember, keep, keep your hand there. on the Escafil device. Yeah, you just say it. It's just you on this one. <laughs> <laughs>